here's the thing. We all know how frustrating it is to be in a highly competitive market and try to find the right incentive that will catch the prospect or possible renewal's attention. But luckily for us, there's a company that can help us do exactly that, and it's AIM Cruise Incentives. AIM Cruise Incentives is a turnkey marketing program that's actually different. AIM Cruise certificates include a five-day, four-night luxury cruise vacation for two to the Bahamas, the Caribbean, and Mexico. There are over 175 dates and multiple ports to choose from, so booking is super easy for the prospect or resident. After you purchase your cruise certificates, you and your team have up to 12 months to issue them out to the receiver, which means that you can incorporate into other giveaways or events, while giving your prospects and residents up to 36 months to redeem them. They're also fully transferable, and AIM Cruise Incentives will provide you with all of the marketing materials needed to make your campaign a success. All of this value is starting at $139 per cruise certificate, depending on the quantity ordered, which let's be honest, is way less than we all spend for incentives, but the value is way bigger to the prospect. So if you want to increase leases and retention, AIM Cruise Incentives will help you get an edge over your comps and help you lease up faster. Visit aimcruise.com. It's A-I-M cruise.com for additional information on their products and make this lease up year different. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and joining me today is Greta Dare. Hello. (laughs) Greta, this is going to be a fun episode, I feel like. (laughs) It really is, though. It really is. This is uh, going to be good stuff. It's going to be good. So we are we are still finishing up your your summer series <laughs> here on November sixteenth of the day of this of this recording. Um, remember, remember the sixteenth of November. The su- the summer got away from us. It really, really did. It really did. You know what? I'm not a fan of the summer of 2018, so I don't really care. Yeah, it, it's it's been it's been kind of a crazy summer. It's also been a, a crazy fall we mentioned on the last podcast that (laughs) things have just between conference season and traveling i got to do this whole cool project that everybody will hear soon enough about in in london that i just finished up and it's it's been crazy but while while i was in london (laughs) you decided you would you would finish up this podcast or I didn't finish it up. I had two remaining and I was like, Oh, Oh, I know the perfect time for me to get one of these, one of these recorded. And it was not the perfect time. It was not. I've got to go ahead and apologize to everybody in advance. (laughs) The one we switch over to the recording. You know, I, I, I take a lot no, of No, you don't get to apologize yet. Because <laughs> you don't get to apologize yet. Because here's the thing. I would just like to let everybody know. I'm about to tell a story. There's a big preface to what you're about to hear. And Wes hasn't so, even heard so, the preface. Well, let, let me, before we get into that, you All know. Right. All right. I'm, you know, as I, as I mentioned at the very first podcast I ever did, I really believe that everybody should be doing podcasting. Because it's, uh, you know, regardless if you're if you're, uh, you know, a property management company or if you're actually, uh, you know, a general manager, I think your community should be doing some type of podcast 
you guys could probably do a lot better with the podcast than you're doing with Instagram, to be completely honest. But <laughs> it's it, it's something that I feel like everybody can do. And then oh God, the you're so rude. Oh my God. Again, you don't know what happened. You are the meanest man. No, I you know, it's it's been it's been great because <laughs> I you know, as I've I, the first episodes that I did were I really tried. Like I was even at a, listen to me. The first one that I ever did, I, I had everything set up. I had somebody you know help me walk through it, and it was a call in. And I, I listened to the recording later, and I'm like, it doesn't sound like there's this direct feed coming from my telephone. Like this sounds like the person's across the room. Let me just tell you that first podcast. The, the guest was actually what was being recorded was essentially my phone on speaker being recorded into the microphone. And it was, and it took me like two weeks to figure out what had happened. So no, I mean, I get it. It's, it's tough, but I'm going to apologize to everybody in advance that it's a little, you know, the volume or the, the, the sound's not that great. <clears throat> listen, but. listen. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before I even go into the story, I am fully aware of the sound quality that which we generally have. We've been complimented on it. It's something that generally is raved about. That's something that sets us apart. I appreciate it. I love it. It's something that means a lot to me. Okay. I am aware. (laughs) There were extenuating circumstances, sir. So anyway, um... (laughs) Like you're just promo like, and don't care. Yeah. So promo gear. Promo gear. Um, I'm actually, I, I'm glad you did this when, when you kind of first announced it. I was like, who wants to listen to a podcast about promo gear? And There's then, a lot to be said about it. There were still a lot of valid points made. And Amanda's amazing. She still managed to make phenomenal points because, you know, she could probably still do it with no sleep because she's a normal human. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no comment. Um, so, <laughs> I said it. You can agree. It's fine. So I'm not scared. But yeah, let's talk about trends for for promo gear. I yeah. mean, there there used to be a day where you know a koozie and a t shirt that were neither of very good quality, you know, was enough to take to a housing fair. Yeah. Um, it was enough to take to a football game, basketball game to to give out and, you know, hoping that they would wear it at the event and it would be a walking billboard and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's been, there's just been a lot of changes in that. I mean, it's still t-shirts, it's still koozies. Well, it's not so much koozies as it is water bottles now. Well, and you know, I mean, you know, I've got in full, full, large arguments directly relating to promo gear. I feel very passionately about that particular subject. I feel very strongly about it. I feel that if you're going to do it, it has to be done right. And, you know, right changes over time. And it can't just be scratchy shirts that people don't feel good in. When we wear clothes, we want it to not only be comfortable, but we want to look good in it. We put things on our bodies because we want to look good. And especially when we are 19 to 22 years old, you know, and that's, it does matter, but you're right about the koozies. I mean, water bottles have become a huge, huge thing. And so it's definitely worth paying attention to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'll let everybody listen to the podcast because I don't want to, you know, repeat something that you and Amanda 
uh, you know, certainly covered very well. But just, you know, to, to highlight some of the trends that, that you guys mentioned, you know, <laughs> there's so much. It's, it's not just better quality stuff, but it's the timing of or the time that has to be put into it from a creative standpoint and designing things because, you know, they're not just going to accept words on a t-shirt anymore with a logo, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I say accept like, you know, this is something that they're, look, we don't, we know we're spending a lot of money on, on t-shirts and swag and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, people should be wanting to take free things and they will take free things. But if you, want an ROI on that and you want to make sure that it's that it's being used that that one they're not only wearing it you know outside of their apartment or outside of the gym um, <clears throat> but they're also at a point of where they feel good enough in that t-shirt or you know <laughs> they, they think that water bottle is cute enough to actually you know have it with them in a you know, in an Instagram photo, then you need to take some time and, and, you know, put some creative design behind these things. So, yeah, I think you guys, and what, what that really means, and you guys touched a little bit on this, this can no longer be a thing of, oh, I've got a housing fair in two weeks. I need to order something. You going back to that marketing plan, you've got to be looking at your marketing plan, uh, you know, way in advance and, and giving that to whoever's doing your design work, be it internal or if it's a vendor like um, WHP, um, who I think is great. But, you know, getting that that plan to them in advance and actually working on that process, I think, will go a long way into making sure that those items a, that you're saving as much money as possible by giving them enough lead time, but also that it has as much impact as it, as it possibly can have. So, you know, and I, I just I think that one of the points that was kind of made, but wasn't wasn't really that we didn't that we kind of it was almost an overview of it all. But I want to make sure that it's, it's really poignant in there is that. Something that I love that is happening, and it isn't just the promo, it isn't just, you know, product, it isn't just anything, it's that nothing about this is easy anymore. And this particular subject that's included, it isn't as simple as, hey, let's get some t-shirts ordered, let's order some sunglasses, throw in some koozies, some ping pong balls, you know, whatever it is, place an order, you know, we're going to spend eight grand, we're going to spend five grand, two grand, whatever it is that fits into the budget, order some crap, throw it on some tables, throw it all out there, you know, whatever. And that was kind of the way that we looked at it. I know I said crap, but really back in the day, that's kind of what we were doing. It was get some crap, throw it out there. I love that it isn't so simple anymore because it's forcing everybody to do better. It is forcing everybody to think smarter. It's forcing everybody to go what actually works and what's going to work in our market. What are these students actually going to reach for? What are they going to use? Are they actually going to put this pop socket on the back of their phone? Are they actually going to attach this keychain? Is this keychain crap? Is it going to break? Do they care about it? Are they going to use this water bottle? I love that it's forcing us to be great. And it should, because we shouldn't be able to do subpar anymore. And that's something that every industry should have to get to. And we see that with every product that's out there. What products end up still standing generally are, and in our industry, that's, you know, which 
companies end up still standing are going to be those that do it the smartest. They're going to be the ones that pay attention to those types of trends and say, this is what works. And those are the ones that have the properties that are successful. They pay attention to those trends in every single aspect of the business. And they say, this is what works. This is what service works. This is what the kids want. This is what our customers want. This is what makes sense. And that does apply to promo. It applies to every area of the business, but promo is not not inclusive of that. Pay attention. Well, and, and I'll, I'll, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to debate you on that. I don't think it's the promo that leases your apartment or. Oh, I'm not saying that at all. It definitely, I don't think it leases no, the apartment. I, I agree. I, I think, I think what I'm, I'm not wanting to debate you on that as much as I want to kind of reinforce how important it is because if it doesn't match what specifically you talk a lot about in this in this interview you talk a lot about matching the the target market you mm-hmm. know matching who you're going after if you're you know if you are a luxury student brand then you know you don't you know you're not going to come come after them with with cheap things mm-hmm. um you know when when i was listening to that part of it i, I kept thinking about you and i did a did some consulting work here recently in, in Florida and we went into a very luxurious community and I know just by saying that you'll know which one I'm talking about mm-hmm. and I mean you know there's baby grand piano and the clubhouse and you know, actually it's the nicest community I've ever been in in my entire life <laughs> yeah I mean everything's very you know Victorian looking and just it, it, you know that's unless if you're giving out Ray-Ban sunglasses don't even bother giving out sunglasses as swag at that property because mm-hmm. nobody's going to wear it and you know it's the the point i guess i'm trying to get at is i've seen a lot of very successful companies that don't believe in and doing promo gear and giving away free t-shirts and all this kind of stuff and they're successful every year and it's well, they don't, you don't have to incorporate it as a part of your business. It's absolutely not a crucial part, especially exactly. if you're good at every other aspect of the business. You don't have to give stuff away. You yeah. don't have to incorporate every single area into the into your business. If you and I've said that a million times, I mean, not to go off on another wild rant, but I mean, I'm game. You know, the thing is, is that like I said, when I did the podcast with Maggie, The trick is to be so great that you don't actually have to you don't actually have to spend a bunch of money on marketing because it isn't necessary. And promo gear really isn't necessary if you are doing that well. If your product and services are so phenomenal. I think I think it is with the I think it is with the brand new lease up though. Um yeah, with a brand new lease up student housing. I think it's well, that's something it, entirely different. I think with highly successful companies, if they're an existing product, then no, it isn't necessarily. If they're doing product and services, they're in a niche market where they figured it out, then it isn't necessary. But if it's a brand new lease up, then yeah. But I didn't assume we were talking about a brand new lease up. Yeah, and and, and that's and a as part well of as, br- new new products branding. Yeah, if you're if if you've acquired a property and you're changing the name, you're rebranding, or, which is yeah, essentially I, the same concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it it does become important at, at that point but i've seen some other companies that you know you know they they're much more boutique and uh, you know two thousand dollars on on t-shirts to give away at a at a football game is is a huge huge number to them you know when you start thinking about marketing expenses and you know because they're more highly focused on you know and, and i've talked to 
I've talked to the lead operator of this of this firm that I'm that I've got stuck in my mind that shall remain nameless. And you know, it's just one of those things that they've never they've never got into. I mean, I talk promo gear to them and they're talking, you know, they're thinking like, you know, logos on their pins they're not thinking about t-shirts and beautifully designed stickers to put on laptops and but that's the thing if you're gonna do we you know that's if you're gonna do boutique boutique shouldn't require it boutique done correctly should not ever require because boutique is you have literally gone into the market and you have understood your niche so well that everything that you do actually caters to that market which is something that i think that everybody should be taking a piece of information from you're going in and you understand your customers needs wants and desires so beautifully that you don't have to market. You don't have to take marketing to that extreme. Promo gear is there to help spread that. It's a, it's a next level of marketing and it shouldn't require that. Your customers, if you're going to take it to a boutique, a boutique is saying, my customers practically know each other anyway, so they're going to do that word of mouth for me. It's a small level of customers. They are a small community in and of themselves. They're going to talk to each other and I'm going to take care of them so well because I know them so well that they're going to tell each other about me. I don't actually have to do that much. And that's what boutique is saying. I know my customer. I'm going to take care of my customer. And I think that our industry, I think that generally speaking, that hospitality, housing in general should be taking a larger portion of that thought process and applying it to the industry as a whole. And I think that that would actually save us an enormous amount of marketing dollars, because especially in student housing, I think we we spend entirely too much in marketing. But it's because of the fact that we don't focus enough on product and services from the get go. But you already know that I feel that way. Yeah. Well, and I can tell you if it's if it's done right, um, <laughs> promo gear can almost become a revenue stream because you can actually sell that stuff. I mean, oh, I've, yeah. I've I've seen it done well enough that, um, and not so much in the in, in the student housing industry. I've seen this done in some other niche stuff. But anyway, it's it's done so it's done so well, and there's so much of a you know following after the brand that people will actually pay twenty bucks for a t-shirt, you know, out of out of your promo store. So, yeah, uh, promo gear it's a it's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of ways to utilize it. There's a right way to utilize it. There's smart ways to utilize it, and there are ways to waste money on it. And really finding the right vendor to work with you on it is one of the key ways to make sure that you are doing it correctly. And in my experience, Amanda and really WHP in general is has was really my way of finding a successful way to do it. And for everybody to each their own, this was just my way of doing it. Yeah, no, I, th- I mean WHP does a great job, and they're you know they're also very upfront and saying that's what I you know I always appreciate yeah. honesty. So yeah, I mean they'll say hey, there's probably a way to source this locally that you know isn't going to, and they don't get mad uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So anyway, well, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this. I was going to say interview, but let's jump into this phone call. God. <laughs> All right. Hello, 
everyone, and welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast. I am your host today, Greta Dare, and joining me is Amanda Bacon with What's Happening Promotions. And today we are going to be discussing promo gear, the age of extra. We're going to talk about where it started in the land of all large or extra large scratchy t-shirts with just logos on them being thrown out to crowds and people wearing them to the gym and to sleep in. And the land that we are at now with Instagram worthy water bottles and aviator sunglasses and how we budget it, how we got here and everything in between. And so um, thank you so much for joining me, Amanda, and taking or taking all of us on this journey. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, Yes, so we've been in the promo industry since about 2005. I jumped on board a couple years later, and let me tell you, we have come quite a ways. Um, Back then, like you said, you know, apparel was just run-of-the-mill, basic brands, basic cotton. You know, there was no real design going into anything, Um, But people, you know, loved it. You didn't really have to think too much about it. Quality was just not really a concern. It was much more about, you know, hitting the masses, getting as much as you could get, you know, ordering thousands of the same thing um, and just kind of throwing them out. So the product wasn't necessarily high quality and you weren't really qualifying your leads on who you were giving it to. It was just, let's get our name out there. And, you know, that was it. So it's really come quite a ways, you know, we're mirroring the retail world now, obviously that comes with a price tag. And it's interesting, we were talking about this before, how it was, I remember, so I came into student housing from the conventional side about six years ago, and it was kind of in that transitional phase where it was still something that we were utilizing to kind of get the brand name out there. And so... You know, it was, there were still some scratchy shirts. There were a lot of companies that were out there, which today there are still a lot of companies that are doing kind of the scratchy t-shirt and they're still kind of slowly climbing aboard while everyone else is, you know, really switching over. But we'll get to that. Um, But when I came into it, you know, it was switching over to tank tops and, you know, selecting colors. And slowly realizing that getting the T-shirts that were softer, that people were more inclined to wear, or, you know, getting T-shirts that people that had a design on the front that people wanted to wear during the day was kind of a, a bigger concept. And it was interesting because that was kind of the first time that I was exposed to it. And it was so interesting. And so here we are six years later, and I feel like I was... I was here and I watched that whole transition like really kind of come into fruition. Do you feel like, do you feel like that's, that's kind of a valid timeline in that period of time? Like this is when it's happening. And I kind of feel like social media played a role in that. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, like you said back in the day, and it wasn't just with apparel, um, material was really basic and it really has, I would say, in the last five years or so, it's really picked up and getting to that, that more retail feel. Um, you know, everything was just basic. Even colors were limited. So you weren't seeing, like, all these, you know, I mean, let's use comfort colors for an example. All these different variances of teals and blues and grays. I mean, how many different grays can you have, right? But now, you know, oh, the so big sunglasses, you know, they were just black. And even um, imprint colors. I mean, now you can have all these beautiful colors, full colors. So it's, you're really getting that tailored, custom look. When back in the day it was well, my logo is either going to be black and white, and those are my choices. So the options have really been expanded, and, you know, we we talk about things as the real world, (laughs) so basically retail. 
um, and then the promo world. So it takes us a little bit longer to get caught up to what's going on just because, you know, of availability. But it's really, really started to pick up um, in the last, you know, five to seven years, I would say, for sure. So, and it's, it's interesting. So, really, what I wanted to, what I wanted to focus on as well is, so once, now that we're at this point where the transition is really starting to kind of kick in, where you have, for instance, I was, I recently had a client in the Knoxville market, and there, especially with new development properties, there were a couple that were coming into the market. There it was a really strong tangle between a couple of properties of they're both luxury and your promo gear really had to express that luxury, right? You know, you have, and it's funny because I would send, I have, I, at that time, you know, and I work very closely with you guys, you know, that I always have. So I had the items that I would follow on Instagram and I would shoot them over. I'm like, Hey, I need this. Or I would see the comp using or, you know, utilizing a specific item. And I would shoot that over. I'm like, Hey, I need this. And it was different types of sunglasses versus those eighties Ray-Ban or Ray-Ban style ones. Like you said, that were originally back in the day, they were like neon or they were just black or whatever the case was. And now we're doing the wood grain ones, or now they have aviators or the water bottles. The water bottles are a huge one because back in the day it was, they were the, like the crappy plastic ones where it was like, oh, we throw granola, we order like 500 of them and we throw granola bar inside in the flyer. And then we go hand them out on at the quad or, you know, the headwalk or whatever the case may be. And we just hand them out by like the thousands. And just considering that people are going to use them, not thinking about whether or not they leak, not considering how, you know, how well they're going to stand up. But now having to take into consideration, are these kids actually going to wear these sunglasses? Do they actually want these shirts? Do they actually like them? Um, and do they look cute on their Instagram? And do they look cute on our Instagram? Do they look cute on the property's Instagram? And these are all things that have to be taken into consideration when we're thinking about marketing. Because we need these kids and we need the influencers on campus to be taking pictures of these. And it's funny because I think that your guys' Instagram really kind of exemplifies this really well as well because you repost a lot of things and you showcase all of these products really, really well in that regard. So it's, um, what's the water bottle? The like, I always call the super fancy water bottle. It's like the metal one. It's, you know which one I'm talking about? It's like metal. Yeah, so, like, well, the Yeti, okay. <laughs> yeah, the Yeti is the name brand. Um, and I'll kind of get to that a little bit later about like generic brands versus name brand and how that, that kind of comes around to how you can still get high quality but stay in budget. But yeah, you know, social media plays such a hu- huge role in this. And part of our mission statement just with, with our company is that we want to deliver excitement. And I think that this really comes into play with the current generation that we're marketing to and our demographic. So they're used to be like surrounded by high-quality products. That's just you know, their, their life that they're living in now. They're wearing nicer apparel. They're getting what they want. I mean, that's, let's be realistic. That's who we're marketing to. And I feel like this is really being mirrored in just the communities. So back in the day, I mean, I'm going to, you know, age myself here. When I was a student going through undergrad, these student housing complexes and the way they are, these amenities, did not exist. It just wasn't a thing back in the day. So I feel like this is just what they're expecting. And so your promo has to mirror that because, they just, you know, I want to surround myself with the nice stuff. I'm going to wear nice stuff. I'm not going to settle for Absolutely. something that's so far. It's like about that exclusivity. And I think, you know, that's something too is that you want to be putting your logo on something that's nice and that is 
sort of exuding that exclusivity so that people well, see that like, oh, I want to live there because that must be a really nice place to live. I want to be part of that society, you know. So it's kind of that like you're, you're really tying that in together. It's not just about having a nice property, but when you're, when you're branding yourself, you have to be sure that whatever you're putting your name on is mirroring your brand as a whole. That's exactly, that's exactly the, the case. That's completely true. It's, it's a really, it, it's, your brain has to encompass every single thing that you're handing out, every single thing that you touch, every single piece of promo, every single snack that you may give out, your water bottles, everything, everything has to match whatever, you know, type of property it is or whatever brand it is that you're attempting to go out there. It has to match your rates. It has to match your amenities. It has to match whatever classification you are attempting to present yourself as in that market. So if you are basically putting yourself out there, if you're marketing yourself as luxury, then everything that you put out needs to also exude that luxury. And that does include all of your promo items. And in one way or another, you have to figure out how to make that happen. So that means that if you have a portfolio that has, you know, class A's mixed with B's, C's, whatever the case may be, you can't order bulk items of a bunch of all of the same things and send them out to all of these properties. Because, you know, first off, I think everybody already knows how I feel about that. Each property should be tailored to whatever it is in the market. But additionally, you can't give a class C property what a class A should have. And you shouldn't give a class A what a class C should have because your market's going to look at that and go, really? This is luxury and paying $700 a month, you know, or $700 a month for the bed space. And this is supposed to be a luxury property, but you're giving me a scratchy t-shirt and, you know, 80 cents or 60 cent sunglasses, plastic sunglasses that I don't even want to wear. That doesn't make any sense. That's inconsistent branding, you know? So and I feel like a lot of other brands, we can take these cues outside of the industry from Coca-Cola to Snickers to Ritz-Carlton to Motel 6 and Motel 8. Like, think about all of the different <laughs> layers of these brands. But I do this all the time. This is one of the things that I talk about. This is you have to figure out what your classification is and look outside of the industry to figure that out. Who would you be and how would they do it or how are they doing it? We aren't special in marketing. Marketing is marketing and everybody's doing it. So how are they doing it? Do you think that they would pick something that is on the lower echelon, lower end to exude their brand? No, because it's not properly representing their brand. So only choose the items that are going to properly represent your classification in the market or whatever it is you're attempting to exude in the market. So I think that that's, you know, I just literally reiterated your entire point and <laughs> that happened. So. With For that sure. Well, said, I think I, that's, yeah, I think that's a way, though, you know, that also we've really evolved in our industry and in that, you know, the brand, branding back in the day, I mean, it just wasn't really talked about. It was like, yeah, we have a logo and, you know, we're going to put that on there with our phone number on our website. And even the logos were not really well thought out. But now, you know, we get these oh. in-depth branding guys. <laughs> And so, um, you know, it's just it's just different now. And you know, not everybody like like exactly like you're saying is trying to exude themselves as a luxury property. You know, they might be trying to say, "Hey, we're okay. earning." Exactly, but play into that, lean into your brand, and make yeah. sure that you know your choices mirror that. So I, I completely agree, and I think we've come a long way. You know, I'm seeing yeah. that more and more with our clients and who we work with, and you know, helping them sort of 
tighten everything together and help them select those products, um, it's definitely come a long way for sure. And people are, are being more mindful, but I think that you really have to, from you know conception to, to follow through, you really have to be sure you're in the same mindset the whole way through. I agree. And I think and to kind of touch on the point, and then we're going to switch gears and go over to budgeting um, so that we can still try to keep this under the 25-minute the mark. But to touch on the point that you made about, you know, logos and kind of where we were with that is that I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that it was student housing. And I think that for a long time, the way that we looked at it and kind of how you said that, you know, when I was in student housing and you hear this from people all the time, well, when I was in student housing, we didn't have this, this and this. And we didn't have, you know, and how you said with the logos, we didn't have logos like this. We didn't have things like this. We had the, you know, and it's true because at the time and still it's something that I fight on a regular basis and I talk about this all the time and people have heard it a million times. Student housing was looked at housing for the entire student body. Who's your market? Students. Who are we marketing to? <laughs> students. Say it with me. It's our chance. <laughs> students. It's a whole student. They are not an individual. There's no niche within the student. It's just <laughs> the student. That's what we're doing. They all want the same thing. Build a box throw them in it, it's fine, give them some free stuff, we're good. And then as we're evolving, we are realizing that there are many, many different kind of demographics. There are there, there are areas, there are niches within these markets and, or within the student body. And in order for each of our properties to be successful, it's like a city within a college town. Figure out who your market is within that and then build around it. And that's where the logos and the branding and the pricing and all of these things come into play. And that's where we're starting to build on. And I think before, it, like I said, it was build a box, throw some stuff into it. It goes to the students. So with all of that, um, one of the things I was most excited about is you deal with figuring out how to how to deal with the budget you know now that we are in this world of and you know it's something that i've talked to you i talked to rachel about a lot with a lot of different clients of okay here's what i need this is the type of property i'm dealing with how do i how do i get these products and stay within this budget how do i exude this brand and stay within this budget help me out and that was something that's something that's that I enormously appreciated about you. So take that part away because that is your genius. So we have had to basically um, change the makeup of our company to address some of this. Um, part of this, you know, which directly relates to branding, obviously, is design. So we saw this happening, you know, a few years ago, and really the creative part of the promo world was taking off. And that takes, you know, it takes a lot of energy and thought and creative minds. And so we actually created a new division within our company that's just design. So, you know, our design department really helps um, with this part of it. And you can take a still fairly basic promo item and make it, you know, have an impact just with the way you treat the design on it. So it's not necessarily about spending more money. It's just making the time to really have that cohesiveness, really think through the design. So again, that doesn't necessarily add any money. Um, we don't shift for that. That's just our, you know, part of our services. But I think that it can really take something basic and still deliver excitement with just the design aspect of it. 
Um, so that's one part of it, and it creates a lasting impact. A, sort of a similar sidestep to that is color and really being impactful with the way you're choosing color. And that, of course, relates back to your brand. So keeping all of that in mind, I just think it's sort of a missed opportunity sometimes because people are not thinking, you know, they're not seeing the whole picture and that they can really take something from basic to wow just with a little bit of extra creativity involved. I agree. I think that on one level, I think the creativity makes a huge difference. I think that I was thinking back to we ordered these plastic bags because for a lot of the schools now, they require for you to be able to go into gaming events. Mm-hmm. You have to have, yeah, <laughs> you have to have clear plastic bags. And so for, you know, especially in the South, it's, you know, are they cute bags? Are they clutches? Are they little backpacks? Whatever the case may be. And so I was thinking about how we had to get really creative on how to make them how to like how what number what quantity to order but then how to also make them cute and you know how to give them out how to go about that and it's really and it was we had to pick what we were going to make in color what we weren't going to make in color and really I think a lot of that plays a factor into strategy with your overall budget and so it's looking at it and I think absolutely looking at the overall creative design and using the resources available with your vendors wherever possible But then additionally, incorporating that color makes a huge difference. So, you know, with those clear bags that we ended up getting, with the clear pouches, and we got, you know, the cute little pouches and, you know, did a whole design on it with our branding and all of that stuff on it. And I think we actually only ended up ordering like 200 of them, but they were a really big deal. And, And then we ended up doing a bunch of the shirts and we did the comfort color shirts and figuring out if you, if you want to do a certain number of really quality items because you want your Mm. shirts to be worn and you want these clear plastic bags because you know that people are going to take pictures of the game and you know that you want people to wear the shirts around campus because, you know, you want them to be cute. And I can't stress enough how important I feel like it is that your shirt needs to look cute enough that people want to wear it and it needs to be a walking billboard second. Your logo design needs to come second to the shirt design itself. Um, And that's my personal opinion feel free to fight me. I always say that. Always feel free to fight me on it. (laughs) No, I totally agree. So that kind of goes back to really being thoughtful about, you know, how you're presenting your logo and your information. You know, contact information is a big deal. You want that on your promo materials. We get it. However, it's taking, you know, a graphically pleasing design and working in, weaving in that contact information to make it part of the design. You know, yes, getting your logo on there, of course. But make it, you know, pop, make it something creative, something beautiful that people want to wear so that it's not just like, well, here's my logo with my phone number on my website, website underneath it. You know, nobody's going to get excited about wearing that. So you really, it's that thought process that goes into it. Um, and knowing, you know, what's, what's successful in your market, taking a cue from the retail you're seeing and, you know, what your students are walking around wearing, take a cue from that and, you know, pick out some elements and we can work with you to create something that's aesthetically pleasing. So for sure. Absolutely. I can't, and I can't stress that enough. One of the biggest things that we always do in a market is we go to the CAs, we go, we troll through the Instagram of all of the influencers in the market and then go to the boutiques because almost every college town has boutiques that all of the Greek kids are shopping at and find out, you know, so again, to revert back, there's a lot of comfort covers that are colors are a big thing in the South. And that was my most recent market. So that's why I'm referencing back to it. 
But again, when I'm working with somebody else's budget, then I have to look at that and I have to go, okay, well, if we want this, then we have to, we can only do one color on the shirt. I can't do multiple colors, you know, which is frustrating because when we have a competitor in the market that's doing multicolor and comfort colors, it's like, well, that's fine, but we can't have both because I can't get everything within this budget. So if we want to order a ton of promo gear, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to get, you know, this many number or this number of shirts, but they're going to be comfort colors and we're going to get a one color print, but it's going to be a super cute thing on the front. The logo is going to be on the back. And then from there, we're going to get those bags because those are great. We're going to get some cheaper sunglasses and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some pop sockets, things like that. And really kind of picking and choosing what small items can we get that we can order a large quantity of and give those out really easily? And then what are kind of our big ticket items and how do we save money on those while not giving up our quality? And that was, that's when I'm, you know, it's like, I feel like all of that strategy plays a role into how you really kind of make a smart promo gear order and still get things that people want to use. They want to wear, they want to take pictures of, they'll actually use, and you're not wasting your money. You're still getting your brand out there. And I think, you know, I think that that's all valid. And the great thing is, and I get that I brought you on as a guest, you are not paying to be on, you know, on this. But the thing that, the reason why I brought you on as a guest is because the thing that I love about working with WHP, um, again, WHP did not pay to be on this. Um, but I haven't worked with them for a million years, so I can't ever recommend them enough, is that I can contact whoever it is, whomever it is that I'm working with. And first off, I can bug you a million times a day, and I've done that over the years, where I'm like, hey, how much is this? Hey, how much is this? Hey, can I get a million samples of, or a million pages or a million different types of this particular thing? Sure thing, Greta, I'll be right over. And then it instantly is. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, you know, I get all of these items, and then from there, I can, you know, I can get the help to curate this down to here's the perfect order to be able to fit this budget and this market. And that's what I love. And I don't, I've never been able to work with a company that does something like that. And that's what I really enormously appreciate. Well, we're happy to do it. And I do, there's actually two points I want to make in what you're talking about. Um, So we talk about spreading the love across different types of promo items. So there are some items that are not expensive that still have a high impact. So one of the things that has exploded in the last year are these die-cut vinyl stickers that the demographic is putting on their laptops, their water bottles, you know. So these are beautiful, and luckily we have a great design team, so they can take, you know, the skylines of the different cities or, you know, the maps. Um, and just make these beautiful stickers. Um, And they're just stickers, you know, but uh, students go crazy over these things. And so, and they're not expensive. (laughs) Stickers are actually making a comeback. Lisa Frank for the win. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we kind of see those trends happening and recommend them to our clients. So you don't have to spend a lot of money on that, but people are still excited to get them. But then, you know, so order a lot of those, but then order a lower quantity of those higher-end items. So you're still, you know, getting that that high appeal with that, you know, high quality piece. But be selective. So that's the other point and who you're handing it out to. So don't hand your, you know, $15 Yeti tumbler to anybody that's walking by at a housing fair. You're going to run out in 15 minutes and then what are you going to do? You know? So we we talk exactly. about like, your high ticket items have to get traded for something. Those aren't given right. out for free. Exactly. So, you know, create a game or something to, you know, create interest. It's going to, you know, people are going to see the buzz going on at your table, you know, or your event. 
So make them work for it, you know? Something else that kind of relates to social media, you talked about our social media, which is basically just, you know, trolling all of our clients' social media and their beautiful pictures. <laughs> but those, those higher-end products that utilize that strong design and that are photographed well, when they're posted on social media, they really create that buzz and that excitement to get prospects into your leasing office or to your event that you're promoting. So give them a tour and then give them the promo item. Don't, you know, give them to ahead of time and then they walk away and you never see them again. So that's kind of how you can really use those dollars that you're spending on those higher end items and make them work for you a little bit harder than just, you know, oh, whoever walks by. So you're not really qualifying your prospects at that point. So we really, you know, we feel social media has, you can really utilize that. You know, it's basically free. Um, it does take some time, but that's a key point now that we, you know, again, didn't have back in the day. So it's just a very different, it's just a different game now, you know. <laughs> it's true. It's, you know, you have, I did the whole podcast on social media and I made a, you know, a huge deal over taking pictures or, you know, deciding whether or not your pictures are Instagram worthy or Insta worthy. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that that's a great example of it. Because the thing that I like about your Instagram, and the one of the main things I used it for was obviously looking for new items that I could use for clients. But that was the great thing about it is that people were using it, the pictures that you were posting were properties that were, that were taking pictures of their promo that was Insta worthy. And so you have mm -hmm. these items that you paid for that you can do a whole <laughs> photo shoot around. You can take your sunglasses and take them out by the pool and put them on the side and take a super cute picture of it. And it's great. You know, you can take your little Yeti, you can take it. You have all of this promo, have a photo shoot with it and post like one a week or one every couple of weeks and just like put it into your mix of all of your Insta pictures and make it super cute because that's what Instagram is. That's what it's right. there for, you know, and right. then WHP will go through and, you know, they'll repost your stuff and then people will be envious over the fact that you guys know what you're doing on Instagram. It's like a win-win. That's what we're all here for to be super competitive with each other. Right. Right. All right. Good call. So <laughs> well, also, you know, it's, it's creating that, you know, that buzz around your property and you're making those products work harder for you you're getting them in front of more people, you know, so your cost per impression is less. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely a win-win. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, I want to go there. I want to go stop in their office. I want one of those. You know, so that's way better than you can do than just handing them out on campus even. Oh, 100%. It's, it takes you into – it shows you know what you're doing. It shows you get it. There's a lot of things that are said with properly taken Instagram pictures, and that's <laughs> – that's a part of it. It's if you have the right promo and if you're taking the, the correct pictures of it on Instagram and it may seem silly, it may seem stupid, <laughs> but it's true. It shows you get it. It means it's, you're capturing an essence of an entire generation when you're doing stuff like that. And if you're capturing that essence, that means that that essence exists at your property. That means that they can come experience the essence that we are all sold on when we are told we are going to college. So um, I'll start laughing on Instagram, but um, definitely if you want to kind of get an idea of what it is that we're talking about, follow WHP, What's Happening Promotions, on Instagram, and you'll be able to see, if nothing else, you'll be able to, you know, see all of the different promo gear that we're talking about or that we've kind of talked about, and you can see the different items that people post. It's definitely worthwhile 
to, and it helps get ideas. And that's one of the things that I appreciate is that we don't always just magically know. And I think that's one of the things that we all struggle with, you know, in marketing teams or leasing teams or sales teams, whatever we are, whatever company we're at, is trying to figure out what to order, you know? And mm-hmm. so constantly trying to figure out those ideas. So it's one of those following your, your vendors on social media helps do that. And your guys' social media is especially helpful for that. So it'll, if you want to do that, it's going to give you great ideas because you'll be able to see what other people are posting. And then you can just shoot it over and say, hey, how much is this? Can you send me some pricing? Right. And or, that's what I do. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, I love seeing all the photos because, you know, we don't get to necessarily see the end product all the time. And so it's really exciting to see it, you know, in the real world and out in the wild, as we call it. So, but I think that uh, that also goes back to, you know, working with a partner who understands the demographic. You know, we've been doing this for a long time in student housing. And so, you know, we can kind of pick up on the trends when they're first starting and figure out how to make that work in the promo world. But, you know, it's knowing the demographic and, and inside your actual market. And like we talked about previously, you know, who are you actually marketing to and what what are you trying to get out, you know, as your vibe. And so that could be, you know, for instance, we, we talked about comfort colors. Some There are some markets where you have to order comfort colors T-shirts. You cannot get away with something else. It, it, that name brand on that tag makes a difference, you know. So you kind of have to shell out the extra dollars for those. But there are some markets where you can order the generic brand that's a pigment dyed shirt, which, you know, here's a secret. They're just as good. They just don't have a I've name ordered brand them. them. Uh-huh. I can speak and, to that. I've ordered them yes. and they're great. Right, exactly. So, you know, that's something where maximizing budget really comes in with working with a partner that one knows the specific market that you're in to know if you can get away with a generic brand or not. Um, but then being able to vet the quality of the off-brands. So that's something where our industry also has come a long way. So even the off-generic brands, they've really stepped up their game to be able to compete with those name brands because now they are available in the promo world. And so there are you know, some great quality generics out there that we know of because we've been in the industry for a long time, and you can save so much money by going with those, and you're still getting that quality product. So I really think that that is important to consider. You know, it comes along with apparel. It comes along with drinkware. I mean, we all know the Yetis and the Swell bottles are great, but we have off-brands that perform just as well. So honestly, if you're, you know, your end user, once they get them, they're going to realize wait, this is a really awesome, you know, travel mug or water bottle or whatever it is, and they're going to continue to use it. So your name is going to get out there. Um, and, yeah, there, you know, there are times, like with the comfort colors, where, you know, you want to order a, a small quantity of Yetis, and, you know, that's great. That There's a time and a place for that. But I don't think that that's necessary to do all the time. So that's something Absolutely. where we really focus because we understand these communities. Like, they have a budget. You know, this is their marketing budget, and that's it. We're not trying to upsell you to blow your budget. We're trying to maximize your budget so that you are 100% happy with everything that you're able to order within that budget and maximizing that amount. Yep. So, all right, I am, I'm going to wrap this up. But before I do, I do want to let everybody know that, again, this is my favorite promo company. I will also tell you that they do amazing. They have a ton, a huge, huge, huge spread of also all uniforms, things like that 
um, which was phenomenal when I first went through and I looked at all of it. But then additionally, and I think it's a key point for a lot of the smaller companies that are out there that might be listening, is the site store. And this is something that I think a lot of people don't know, and hopefully it's okay that I'm saying this. I assume that it is. Um, if not, let me know. We'll just go ahead and edit it out. It's fine. The site store where they can go ahead and have that or build that for you so that your on-site teams can order all of you, can personalize it, pick all of the items that are going to go onto your site store, and the your on-site teams can go in, they can place the order, and it's all taken care of for you. So that way you don't have to worry about and it. Can, you can have permission set. You can see the orders before they get placed, all of that. But it takes the whole process, it makes the whole process easier so your sites aren't telling you what they need to order and then you're telling WHP and blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, shopthiscommunity.com or shopthiscompany.com. Everybody has a login. They go on. They pick all their stuff out, blah, blah, blah. It's the most incredible thing. I love it. So that's everything. And, Amanda, you're amazing. You're my favorite. You know this. I heart you. And thank you so much for taking the time. Well, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. I I love talking about, you know, all this stuff. And it's kind of fun to think about where we've come. And, you know, it does make me feel a little little nostalgic thinking about back in the day. But, you know, I'm excited (laughs) to see where our industry is going. And the projects we work on now are, you know, so fun to see come to life. So, So I enjoy talking about it. So thank you very much. (laughs) No problem. Bye. The age of extra. (laughs) You guys did a great job. Listen, I think it's great. Telephone. (laughs) I think it's great. It's like it's as though it's as though uh, everybody was a CIA agent, you know, and you got to listen to a tapped phone call that I'm sure you know, was interesting to you and not the actual CIA agent that is assigned to my phone where I do nothing (laughs) of interest to anybody. I'm sure. Hopefully I'm hopefully. (laughs) Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. And if you are interested in, in podcasting, I would suggest what Greta and I are using now called (laughs) Zencaster. Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com. Go check it out and make sure that you've got a good pair of headphones. Mm -hmm. Uh, You cannot use it on your cell phone yet. They haven't got that far, but actually it's, it's a, it's a great little tool. And then also I would highly suggest anchor if, uh, if you're thinking about getting into podcast as well. You know, um, and actually I would mention that while I know that you always record in studio, everybody always asks me this. I have just a very cheap, cause you know, I'm a cheap bitch. Um, I have just a cheap blue, snowball and mine was $49. So you don't have to spend a lot of money on a great microphone. And everybody's always really surprised to hear that because they always feel like our sound quality between each other, obviously present situation discluded, but you don't have to spend a lot of money to have a really great sounding or sound quality. It's really West at all of the research. Obviously I never do any of the work. So all I did was buy a $50 mic and then let West do everything else. So listen to him when he says the well, software. Well, it's even i mean i'm sitting in the studio now and there's literally you know i would say two or three thousand dollars worth of of equipment that's sitting beside of me i work out of a out of a co-working office that has the studio and has this equipment but i'm literally using a 35 dollar logitech headset with a microphone that's you know plugged in by usb into my into my computer because you know, Zencaster's so so great with 
you know, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot. So, no. Yeah. Um, and I think that people just assume that we've, we're using really fancy stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. And again, I know this is a podcast on student housing, not on producing podcasts, but I, Again, I, I truly believe that podcasting is, is something that more and more people are doing. And I think if you're a general manager and you're thinking, how can I get in front of you know, my residents more often? I think looking at doing some type of podcast where maybe you're, it's got to be fun. Don't get me wrong. You know, if you're interviewing your residents on, you know, what they're doing in school, you know, what some special project that they're working on or, you know, a study abroad thing that they've done. And if you've got your community assistants talking to them about that, I think that's something that could that could really do well. And, you know, would love to hear if someone tried doing it. Or even do company podcasts. I think that would be really, I mean, and you could have your vendors to be able to do, it would help you raise money for different events, things like that. I can think of a couple of companies that, you know, would be really beneficial for. It would be great for company announcements, things like that. You could have guest properties that would be able to talk about things that they're doing well. You can highlight properties. There's a lot of really great ways to implement it throughout communities and companies. So. Yeah. Well, great, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.